Hey, and welcome to the Saints Church Podcast. My name's Dave, and I want to welcome you to settle in for this message that we've got from Danny Sawatsky, who's the leader of the youth ministry over at our Glory Hills location. I'm so happy to see so many people. Some of you I know, some of you I don't, and that's okay. We're gathered here as one body. Okay, so I was, uh, basically, Jeremy goes, here, Danny, you're going to preach on this Sunday, and I was like, what do you want me to preach about? And he's like, whatever, whatever you think. I just give you full freedom, full reign, whatever you think. So I was wondering and thinking and pondering what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Bible college student. I'm almost done. Praise the Lord, I'm almost done. <laughs> I don't, I love, I love the Lord, I love studying the Bible, but man, I'm so ready to be out of school and get maybe paid to work instead of pay to work. Any uh, college students, can I get an amen? Uh, so I just went through a mod class, which is um, kind of like Hell Week. It's like a super intensive class where you go through a whole class, but in one week. Um, and the mod class was called Finance, Governance, and Administration. So I was super pumped, you know? I'm not a financial guy. Uh, governance, like meetings and stuff like that, that's not really who I am. I kind of would rather just go out, learn about Jesus, do uh, his work. But when you're a pastor, you got to look at the financial stuff like that. But one of the things that uh, I actually really liked it, which was surprising to me. I actually really found it interesting. I was like inputting spreadsheets and I was like, wow, this is actually kind of fun. Numbers are kind of fun. Anyways, it's a little bit weird for me to say that even up here. Uh, but the, one of the main things that um, the teacher talked about was uh, facilities. So such as this, where you are a corporation or a business and you have a facility that you're running uh, and how to be a good steward of that. And so I think what Jeremy has been trying to tell us about for the past couple weeks and even before that, the past couple months is, is just foundational stuff. We need to really just dig into uh, preparation. And I think this has been a season of preparation, uh, not just for us as a church, but I think even for me, the season has been long. It's been four years in the making to get right here and I'm not done yet and you aren't done either. We have a season that we're going to take together as a church, and however long that takes, it will, <laughs> it will take a while, I think, but the preparation is uh, done so that we can go to work. So, we need to prepare, we need to anticipate the work, but before all that, we need to understand, especially the structure that we're in. This is not just a building that we're sitting in, and you're not just another body in the seat. Uh, I want to talk to you about temples, okay? And I can tell you're so excited about temples. Uh, I'm excited about temples, and I hope by the end you'll be excited as well. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna, I have a lot of scriptures to go through, but I want to take you kind of on a, a tour of what a temple was in the Old Testament, what it was in the New Testament, and we'll, we'll take uh, a little ride together. Okay, so first of all, where is God's temple? I'll tell you what a temple is later, but where's God's temple? Where does he reside? Uh, it is not 
here is not on earth. He's in heaven. So I have a couple of scriptures. Psalm 11, 4. Uh, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth and his eyes examine them. Another Hebrews uh, 8.5, they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. Okay, so God is in heaven, which is not of this earth. That is where his temple is. That is where he resides, especially in the old temple. Uh, in the end, fast forward all the way to the end in Revelation, Revelation 21, 22 specifically, there will be no temple because the Lord himself will be our temple. Okay. Throughout all of scripture, throughout all of history, God has desired to be with the people that he's created. Uh, a temple is kind of this link, a reminder, not just a building, a place of worship for us to experience and grow in the Lord. In the Old Testament, right at the beginning, there was the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle. Again, this is just a brief overview. Everything that I'm talking about, we could literally talk about for hours. Uh, the covenant, uh, the Ark of the Covenant and the temple, or the tabernacle was like a kind of temple. Is that link between God and man, that first uh, like earthly meeting point between God and man, something physical, something tangible. Uh, the Israelites were able to uh, meet God in that way, but not everyone. Not everyone. It was only these specific select people that God had chosen, even through his whole people group, to meet with him one-on-one. -on -one. Then after they settled in the promised land where God had directed them, Israel wanted uh, two things. They wanted a king and they wanted a building. Uh, for the worship of God, yes, but I think we as people, we like to have physical, tangible things. When we gather in this place, it can feel like God is here with us. Even though he's always with us, we need that tangible link, that tangible reminder that he is with us. Uh, now, that temple that they built up, Solomon's temple, it got torn down, got raised up again, torn down many times. Uh, in the Old Testament, they had a prophecy of an ideal temple in the future age of salvation. Okay, so they were, they wanted a that that temple where they could go and meet together, worship God. But it wasn't the fullness of what God had to offer. No, uh, in Isaiah two three. It says, many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths, and the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Okay, so there was a prophecy of a better temple, a temple that wasn't just a place, but somewhere that God could really get a hold of people's hearts where the law will go out from the people. The word of the Lord will go out from Jerusalem. 
And in Jesus' day, there was a grand temple that Herod had built and was building almost kind of simultaneously. They had specific sections for Jewish men, Jewish women, and for the Gentiles. So once again, it was separated. It wasn't completely united. It was uh, less than perfection, less than ideal. However, Jesus saw the temple as a place where God dwelt amongst his people. Uh, Matthew 23, 21 signifies that. And another thing was that when, uh, you know, I feel like most of you know the story of when Jesus flips the tables. It's, it's a story of passion where God wants to, um, I think Jesus wants to show us that places of worship mean something. Temples mean something. And when you take in the... Um, the unholy. In, in this case, they were, they were lending out money where it was supposed to be a place of worship, not of commerce. And that's, he, he, he was angry. He was filled with passion that this wasn't his uh, idea for his house, for his temple. Okay. So even in that, we can see that this physical building was more than just a physical building. There was a spiritual significance to it. Um, for the early apostles, it was also a place of significance. They did ministry there. There's a lot of different ministries there. If you, if you look at like Acts 3 or Acts 5, they did many um, ministerial functions. Healings were done at the temple as well. Paul, who I'm going to be talking a lot more about, participated in temple rites. So the temple was not just... A place. That's my main point. If you're getting one thing from this, a temple is not just a building, not just a place. It's a link between God and man. Okay, now I want you, and we're going to go, and if you have a Bible, flip to John 4, um, just near the end. And to give you some context, this is the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, it was a time where division was rampant. The Samaritans were outside of Jerusalem because they were half Jewish. They were considered to be less than. And Jesus actually goes straight through there uh, on mission, of course. Jesus was always on mission. And he meets this woman. Um, there's a lot in this story that I could unpack, but I want to just read to you verses 21 to 24. So he says, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, and we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in the spirit and the truth. So remember that prophecy, that temple that's coming, that greater vision that God had for his people. He's slowly unveiling it. And Jesus is talking about this right now. And Seb actually preached a while ago on this specific passage and about worship. 
God's temple is all about worship. Uh, one thing I want to point out specifically from here is God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So the spirit would be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And in truth, Jesus is the truth, but also in the truth that he has revealed to us. Jesus is the revealer. So how are we going to do that? Well, we know that God doesn't just live in a house made by human hands. That's Acts 7, 4, 8. He dwells in us now. He dwells in us now. And not just in some like the old days where the Ark of the Covenant was, where he chose specific people. He dwells in all of his people when, you know, Jeremy just, he, he gave me a little goosebumps. I think it's God. You know, sometimes you get the goosebumps. And that's a feeling that you get that can be uh, representative of God. Just coming and his presence hovering. And I got the goosebumps because it's hard to explain. The best I could do is when he died. When Jesus died, he shed his blood for us like we remembered. That curtain, that uh, divide between God and us, sinful humanity was torn and we are now able to be with God. God in us, us with God. And that's the start of what I really want to talk about is you are God's temple, okay? Your body is a temple. 1 Corinthians 3 16 to 17, says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. So first off, you are God's temple. Simple and true. If you have accepted Jesus into your life, if you are partnered with him, he is within you. Your, the Holy Spirit is within you. You become God's temple. You become that link between humanity and the heavenly. You yourselves are God's temple. And God's spirit dwells within you. Now, in this specific context, because when we give a verse like this, maybe put that, that verse up again on the screen. When we give a verse like this, this is just scratching the surface. There's so much more that Paul is talking about behind this. And it says, uh, destroy that, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. Now, that seems harsh, but what he's talking about behind the scenes when you read the whole chapter there, or even just the surrounding context, he's talking about division. He's talking about following a leader because you think he's better. Or, you know... I just like this guy better, or I like Seb better, so I'm going to follow Seb, or I like Jeremy better, so I'm going to follow Jeremy. That's divisive. We all follow one leader, and that is Jesus. And so really, he's talking about if you divide the church, if you destroy that, I will come against you. More so, some commentators have even said that he will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, means the whole of the church, the actual building itself. When you come against the place where people gather with the Spirit in themselves, it makes it sacred. 
Not because this building is so special, but because we are so special and we're in it. It transforms this space into something that is reminiscent of heaven, is a, a glimpse of heaven. And when you destroy something like that, God will come against you. Okay? Next verse. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, jump a little bit ahead, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So same thing. On base level, we can see, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? And go, okay, I understand that, Danny. You said that a billion times. The Holy Spirit is within you. I know that now. Whom you have received from God, that picture of heaven living within us. Now, did you know that you're not your own? Did you know that even though I control my hand and I control my mouth, I am just a keeper of this body. I am not my own. Why? Why am I not my own? Because I was bought at a price. I was once a slave to sin. I was once Dead in my trespasses, literally. God came down from heaven, died for us, tore that curtain, restored us back to God. And that is why you're not your own, because you were bought at such a high price. That is when, when we drink that wine, it's, it's not something that we should take lightly, because that is something so sacred. It is literally our soul's salvation, Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now this, specifically in the context of this verse, is talking about sexual immorality. The Corinthian church had a hard time controlling themselves, self-control. So in youth, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, and self-control is one of them. Sienna knows, Cohen knows. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit help to guide us and make us more like God. But the Corinthians had this distorted image that they thought, I can do what I want to do because I am free in Christ. Christ set me free. Why do I need to adhere to all these rules, to all these things? I can go and do what I want. And there was many other temples in Corinth. It was kind of like a hub of activity for other gods and there would be uh, meat sacrificed to these other false gods and there would be uh, women out there selling themselves and it would be easy for us to say we're, we're free. And maybe you're sitting there going, well, you know, that's not a temptation for me. There's always something. There's always another temple just around the corner that is enticing you to move away from where you are supposed to be. I call this message Temple Keeper. Okay? So if you're taking notes, which is still crazy to me, that God would bless me with words to say that would mean anything. Because really... Me on my own, I'm nothing. But with God, I'm able to do all that he wills me to do. Temple keeper. Where does that come from? Okay. Uh, it comes from the, the word defender. 
And when I think of defender, I think of like a knight. I think of a knight in shining armor that comes to my defense and either defends me or defends something that is mine. So it comes from that, then it goes down to guard, where I'm guarding something, a person, a place, and finally the temple keeper. It was a person who's supposed to maintain and upkeep a temple or other sacred site. It was a person who takes care of the temple. Okay? Maybe this will help you to understand just a little bit more. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I really couldn't say it any better. That's my whole message just in that verse. We are being built together as individual temples by God's spirit in him. I don't know if you noticed that. It says it twice, and Ephesians is full of in him, in Jesus. We are in him. He is our cornerstone. He is our CEO. He is our captain. He is my God, my Lord, my confidant. He is everything to me. Now, the local church, this, us, right here, together, corporately, we are a temple within our temple. But also, corporately, across the world, we are being built together into a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So there's three levels that I want you to take away of this is a temple. I want you to look at the body of Christ, meaning we're all a part of him in his body. A body of Christ that stretches across oceans, across land, where we can have a relationship with others just because of who we are in. But also us right here, we are a people of God. We are a temple. And then individually, we are an individual temple. Okay, so I introduced that little temple keeper keeper idea. And you might be going, okay, Danny, you took me through this brief overview. Awesome. What does this mean for me? I'm just sitting here. I don't know what's going on. Otherwise, tell me what this all means. Put this together for me. Okay, so first of all, this building. Like, maybe even look around you. Look at this building. Do it, do it, look around. This building is not just a place. This is our temple. These things that we have in here are decorations, yes, but they are necessary. I don't know if you were here before the floor was gutted, but it was a little bit nasty. We got this new floor. We changed this over. We did all these things. Why? Why did we do all these things to this building? Because a temple needs to be maintained. A temple needs to be upkept. This is our home. 
how can you expect me to go out and work properly with good rest, with good uh, feeding, with good anything if my home is unkept, if my home is outdated, if my home is dirty? This is our home. Whether it's your first time here or you've been coming here for 20 years, this is our home, Saints Church Glory Hills. And we need to keep this home. It is our responsibility corporately. And yes, you know, Jeremy, I would say, is our collective temple keeper, but we all have a role to play, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Our personal buildings also matter. Our temple also matters. Is your temple a place of worship? Is your temple clean, holy, set apart? These two things, our temple, our temple, and our temple, (laughs) create the kingdom of God. So that's why it's important to have all three, not just one, all three, kept in order, maintained, okay? So how can I keep my temple, Danny, you might ask? I think the first thing we can do is pray. Prayer is something that, just like being the physical temple, links us to God. Prayer links us to God in a way that nothing else really can. I would say worship and prayer link us to God in a way that nothing else really can. When you humble yourself, that's what it is when you get down and pray to God. When you humble yourself, he will speak to you. He will speak to you every time. Pray for the church. Pray for yourself. Pray for our building. Pray for the church. Pray for the church corporately, overseas. And you might be at a place where it's a little bit hard to envision across the seas, people that you don't really know. Start start with this temple. Start with you. Start with you. The second one, Exhortation. A kind word builds up. So if we're talking about temples and building things and maintaining things, being temple keepers, exhortation is the mortar. I believe that's what you would call it. It's the, it's the concrete that puts everything together. It builds up. If you have uh, a word from God that someone else needs to hear, exhortation, go release that in faith. If you feel like you have a burden to pray for something, pray for that thing. Uh, The third thing, giving. And like, ooh, put on my big boy pants, come up here and talk about giving money. If we're going to build the kingdom of God, it takes resources, not just people, not just time, and I'm going to mention that too, but it takes real live dollars, and God works through our dollars. There is a passage uh, that says, if you give when you tithe, not if you tithe, when you tithe, I will open up the storehouse and I will bless you in ways that you cannot imagine. And that might be a return of that money. That might be a blessing of favor over your house. That might be a new job opportunity. That might be restored relationships. 
But nevertheless, there's blessing when you give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Who believes that? And if we are going to transform our church into our home, which if it is in your home already, come and join us. This is our home. We need your financial support. Including the church abroad. There's many places where you can give. Tithe, 10% is a tithe offering above that 10%. We need to be giving. Now, not only in money, but also in time. And man, I could, I could preach a whole sermon just on volunteering. But a little bit. We need people. We need man. We need women to come and partner with us to do the work of the kingdom. To not only focus on yourself and your temple, but focus on God's temple. Building it up. Maintaining it, even. At youth, you know, we have a good time. But I come up here and I do worship by myself. So like, hey, if you know how to do that, come up here with me on Fridays. We need it. Children's ministry always needs volunteers, as I have heard. Uh, Children are rowdy and rambunctious. And if you are gifted in that way of God, please come and talk to Jeremy. Not me, because I won't won't know where to send you. Uh, Maybe Crystal... Who else is here? But we need people. We need people like Neil standing at the door greeting so that people feel welcome when they come in. We need people like uh, Larry or my mom who are standing up here praying at the end of every service to make you feel cared for. We need people who are up here like the worship team ushering us into the presence of God. Everything works together. We all work together as one body to become the temple which functions only to serve and worship the Lord. We need to volunteer too. Now, maintenance. It's something that when my teacher first started talking about, oh, you know, you need to be a good steward of buildings, I was like, I rent. That's okay. You know, like, okay, quick sidebar. Have you ever been to like Walmart or something and there's that guy who's like, hey, uh, how much do you pay for utilities? Um, I always, my first thing is, I rent, buddy, and he goes, oh, okay, and then he kind of slinks off, and I feel kind of bad, but it's that, I don't need to worry about it, because I don't own this building, while I'm here for the moment, I am mobile, I can go somewhere else if I need to, I haven't put down roots here, I haven't put down roots here, when it's a temple, there's a root so strong because that root is Jesus himself. And that root links us to God in a way that we cannot fully comprehend, that we can't understand. It's time to do some maintenance. When you own something, or even when you're renting, we still have to maintain it. Okay, so confession, a little bit of a confession. Uh, we don't have a dishwasher. <laughs> Jose is just oh, he 
just going to talk about the dishes. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the dishes because we don't have a dishwasher and it pains me. It pains my soul that we don't have a dishwasher. I have to do everything by hand. Jose has to do everything by hand. And we have a little system where basically it's, it's pile up all the dishes in the sink until it gets too overwhelming and then we have to do the dishes. <laughs> And it's funny and we're laughing, but the thing is, is that we do that with our temples. We pile up the dishes in the sink. We go, I'll maintain that later. I don't need to worry about that. I don't need to focus on that right now. And then it becomes something that is so glaring and overwhelming that letting someone into our temple becomes unfathomable. Is your temple... A house of genuine worship. Is your temple a reflection of your relationship with Christ? Do you view it that way? Because it is. Your temple is a reflection of your relationship with Christ. Can you let people in? Can they see that? I think one of the greatest compliments that uh, we as Christians can get, but especially um, as up-and-coming pastors or pastors, is not... You did such a great job on that message. Or uh, you volunteered so well, you did such a good job. Or you gave so much, thank you for your generosity. It's, I see Jesus in you. That's probably the highest compliment that we as Christians can receive. I see Jesus in you. And your temple, your body, needs to be maintained. When we let things pile up, we can't do the work. So that's what I want to do today. I want to talk about maintenance. It's not a very like appealing word. It's not something that we're like rushing to do, but it is so necessary. There's a bunch of things that we need to maintain within ourselves, and that's really where I want to start with because that's the foundation is our temple. Before we can go out and do anything, our temple needs to be maintained. Do you have bad habits that need to be maintained, kept under check? Are they your dirty dishes? For me, oh man, it is traffic. I get so angry. And I mean, not angry, but just like, I drive a stick, I drive a manual car, and my biggest pet peeve, my biggest pet peeve is when people stop about like 20 feet off the other car, and then they just let off the brake, and they slowly go up, and they slowly go up to that person, and I have to push in the clutch, and do all these extra things just to go up, and man, that irks me. (laughs) Man, that irks me. I need God to come in and partner with me and give me some fruit, some self-control. We haven't talked about that in youth yet, but it's coming up. Ethan's preaching about it. Self-control, uh, love even, peace, patience for that, for that person in front of me that is blessed to drive an automatic. Um, maybe it's not just a bad habit, you know? We're Christians here, but people are addicted to things. Addiction is a thing that happens not just out there, but in here. I want to tell you today that you can be free from that addiction. And the only way you can be free is through a relationship with Jesus. 
when we partner with him, it may not be instant. It may not be within the next week. But when we partner with him, we can do amazing things because he is good that way. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not as bad as like an addiction to drugs because we don't have that here. No, no, no. We're perfect, right? Maybe it's your phone. Maybe you can't set it down. Maybe are you addicted to your phone? Is that something that we need to lay down? We need to maintain. (laughs) I see Kiana getting called out. (laughs) Maybe it's anger, like I said. Maybe it's greed. Maybe it's ambition. Maybe it's lust. We all have that not-so-pretty part of our temple Maybe something that needs to be maintained is uh, already being done right now in this building. Maybe we've spent time in isolation. That's not where God wants us. God doesn't want us to be alone. God wants us to be with his body, with other Christians. So maybe you just being here today is a reflection of that maintenance. Maybe God is drawing you back towards his heart Maybe, okay, now hear me very clear, you've been going through a season of sadness or of worry, and that's something that we need to maintain, and I'm not talking about clinically diagnosed depression, I'm not talking about clinically diagnosed anxiety, I am talking about the symptoms of, you don't need to be diagnosed with depression to feel depressed, you don't need to be diagnosed with anxiety to feel depressed anxious sometimes and our anxiety is a lack of trust our depression in those seasons not clinically hear me loud and clear not clinically but those seasons is a lack of knowing that God loves us truly and that God has good plans for us maybe that's something we need to maintain maybe that's something we need to go into maybe it's our physical health you know, I was debating on sharing this, but literally last night, I was going to come up here. I have it down, written, health. And what did I eat? Half a bag of Doritos and an ice cream. So maybe that's where the extra pounds are coming from. Maybe I need to maintain that a little bit better. Maybe I need to do some maintenance, some housekeeping. I'll be the first to admit it. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe your temple's outward relationship with others needs to be restored. Maybe you need to extend forgiveness. Maybe you need to receive forgiveness. Think about it. I'm just giving you examples. Maybe... Just coming here, again, not isolating, but just coming here to a physical church. Maybe that was your maintenance in itself, you know. I think that coming to church once a week is kind of like maintaining your building once every, like, ten years. Just going, "Mm, what what do we need? It's not enough. In ten years, so many things are going to break down. It's not enough to be a Sunday Christian. It's not enough. Now you might think, okay, well, do I have to be perfect then? No, of course not. It's a relationship first. It's living out of that that intimate connection like I talked about, where you as a temple have that link to God. So if I could just have, I'll invite the worship team back up, or Jordan, 
can we just get like a round of applause, even as he's coming up, just for our worship team. You know, sometimes they're underappreciated, but they're such an integral part of the body of Christ. And we all are, in our own way, what you can give, what you can maintain. This is all important. Like I said, it's not enough to come to this building. It's a relationship first. If there's one thing that I want you to walk away with before we uh, take some time to actually physically apply this to our lives... It's that I need to do the work. I need to do the work to maintain my temple, to invite others in, to go out and pray for, give my time to, give my money to the local church first before I can do anything else. Now maybe you're here and you've listened to me And you feel this pull, this tug of, I have been in that season. I've been sad. I've been anxious. I've been isolated. I've felt like I'm not enough. I feel like I don't have a home. Where do I belong? I feel like I don't have that family relationship. I don't have that fatherly love. I feel like no one cares. I want you to know that Jesus does. Jesus cared so much about you, every single person in this room, that he gave his life for you. He shed his blood for you. So I want to take some time to practice our maintenance. I want to take some time to actually do what I feel like God has told me to speak to you. It's not enough to just hear the word but we also have to be doers of the word. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Saints Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can head to saintschurch.ca where you can find information about who we are as well as service times, locations, and more online content. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.